My name is Molly McCartney. I'm an intuitive medium, the author of the Amazon best-selling book, Empower Your Wisdom, and the founder of the Empowered Wisdom School. This show was created for women who wish to trust their intuition so they can follow their higher calling and their bliss without fear, doubt, and disempowering relationships holding them back. If you're a spiritual woman with a business or career in any field and a higher calling you've been working towards, and you want to be featured on the show to inspire others with your story, go to empoweredwisdomshow.com. For now, please enjoy today's show, and don't forget to subscribe for daily inspiration from our very special guests. Hello and welcome to the Empowered Wisdom Show. This is your host, Molly McCartney, and today our theme is Attuning to Delight. I'm talking with Valerie Lane. She's an architect out in Arizona, and um, we're going to talk about how important it is to bring one's spiritual nature, um, one's compassion and love and wisdom to any any field you're working in, especially as women, um, feminine leading women and, and, and anybody that leads with the feminine. It's going to be important to have that nature present. Um, we can't walk around. We were just talking about, about before the show started. We can't walk around like empty shells with our heads on and our brains going and our intellects working, um, working full speed. Um, that just doesn't work for any of us. That's going to burn us out. And um, even though that's maybe the way we're taught to find success, it's really when we bring our whole selves and when we start noticing our emotions and our feelings and our intuition, that's when things really start to feel good and things start to work out. So we're going to talk to Valerie about how that's worked in her life today. I'm super excited. Uh, welcome, Valerie. How are you? Hi. Well, thank you. <laughs> Very good. So tell us about your work as an architect out in Arizona. Um, well, it starts a whole lot longer ago than just that. Um, you know, I've, I think I wanted to be an architect since, you know, since I can remember since I was a, just a wee baby. And so, um, and I felt influenced by my family. There's a lot of creative, uh, women in my family, uh, different sorts of jobs. And my dad was a builder. And so I had this, I sort of had this influence. Um, but, I never wavered once on the decision to go to architecture school. I really always just knew that that was the direction I had. I was heading. I'm not entirely sure I knew what the end result of that meant. Um, but I'm very passionate about housing and community and building healthy community. So that's, you know, I have a master's degree from the uh, University of Arizona. And, and so my thesis research and all my passions lie in housing and community. And so I believe that, you know, we can empower community and empower good health and, and, and wellness through housing. Uh, so that's, that's very much encompasses the type of work I do. Um, I also teach building technologies and construction at the University of Arizona, the College of Architecture now. So I, I actually juggle several jobs and find um, find it very important to try to, I don't know the right word, influence the future generation of architects and thinkers. Um, and I've seen the profession change quite a bit over the years. Um, there's a lot of different ways to be in the industry of architecture and construction and development. And so I just, I think my voice is, is about creating community on, on all aspects. So not just in housing and city communities and, and affordable housing, but also within the industry of architecture and um, watching 
this industry evolve over the years and, and understanding how we teach the future generation. Um, really, I'm very opinionated about how that happens and what that means to the future and um, and what my role as a woman is in that mm-hmm. conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I am 41 and it took me this long to really come into my voice about that and feel confident and comfortable in, um, in how we talk about mm-hmm. our, our, you know, our, our, so our sort of more emotional construct and what the role of that is in this very sort of male, male driven dominated, um, do, do, do. Yeah. So, so what does that look like? And I, I have some assumptions, but I don't want to assume I'd rather hear it from you of like, you know, because I know here in Florida, where I am, they're putting up things all over the place, you know, and just, it seems like it's just a big money maker. Let's buy some land, let's throw some stuff up and let's make lots of money. If it sits empty, who cares? At least somebody bought it, right? So, so I'm, I'm assuming it has maybe has something to do with that, but maybe other things. So can you share what your message is in this kind of mission to shift the thinking in the architectural world is um you know this sounds a little romantic and that's fine the, I'm cool um, with that we like and, romance yeah. <laughs> the city is the most complex organism ever built by humankind you know and mm-hmm. and it's done collaboratively and it's done by all of us it's not just one person's vision um and so that means that you know builders and subcontractors and electricians and framers and all these and and then there's city um, employees and plan reviewers and then there's um, general contractors and developers and architects and all and engineers and all these people collaborating and so I've come to believe that you know ideas are generated somewhere outside of us and they land within our minds and um and it just depends on which direction we take them. But that also means that our more um, pragmatic experiences guide conversations. And so um, our the world of architect used to be, many years ago, a master builder. And they used to have their hands in, in the entire vision of a, pro- of, a, of a project. And we are educated as artists, truly. Mm-hmm. But architecture is also a science and it's data driven. And, um, and it's also very connected to and highly dependent on, on money and the economy. And developers are trained to find money, envision a, pro- a, a project, and then they use architects and engineers and other folks to um, realize a project. So in some ways, over the years, as we've become more specialized, architects have actually given up the vision to the development world. And the developers are trained to create performance, to create projects based on numbers and say things often like it'll work or it won't work. We need this many beds, this many parking spaces. And so in a lot of ways, the vision, the creativity gets overpowered by how much things cost mm-hmm. and they forget. And they're not trained very well in, in understanding value to the community and what value to the human beings who use the spaces is and what that means. And so I, my, my critique is that architects and de- architects need to really step up their game in terms of 
understanding development and understanding how to find the money and how to speak to bankers and how to speak a more financial language so that we can have more agency in projects. Um, so that's kind of a message that I try to give my students a lot. And, and I really don't want to be critical to like developers. Everybody's doing the best that they can. Everybody's using the tools that they've been given. Um, but uh, it is ludicrous in my mind that developers and architects are not trained in the same venue. We should be one and the same. So, um, and if we were able to do that, um, and, and, you know, I could go on and on about, you know, bringing construction workers and contractors into the vision earlier and all these kinds of things to help, like the true nature of collaboration is that we work together. But in a lot of ways, with the idea of becoming more specialized, we work in sort of separate silos that then end up together at the end. So, um, and, and again, architects are trained as the sort of leader, uh, like we're trained that we are the leader of the conversation, that we are the ultimate collaborator between all these pieces. But truly at the end of the conversation, the, the upfront cost sort of jades mm. everything else. And it's so- the way of the world these days, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but you know, community value and people are the users at the end of this yes. conversation, so- well, it's important that you're bringing this up because that's, you know, I'm, you know, tongue in cheek, it's the way of the world, but it doesn't have to be. I think we're learning some hard lessons now with that, that bottom line being the, the decision maker all the time. Um, and it is going to be our conscious awareness of that and, and trying to turn the tide or, or integrate other ideas into that that's going to make a difference in the long term. And so you also mentioned that you care about housing issues. So is that aligned with the same thing it sounds like you're 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 talking about integrating the architect into you know kind of bringing back the artistry and the power and, and that into that design space but what is it about the housing issues that you also bring in um so where we live our homes in my uh i'm, I'm sort of a very empathetic person and um i believe that our homes are a, a direct extension of of our emotional construct and who we are. Mm -hmm. um, I have gone into hundreds of homes and looked at under the beds and in the closets and in the cabinets. And um, you learn a lot about a person. And what I've learned over the years is that we're not actually all so different <laughs> from each other. Um, but there is something like emotional about our homes and 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 it's our safety and it's our haven and it's where we go to relax and rest and and unwind and these things so that that and and it's also like the place where we can be fed in terms of connection to other people either connection or isolation actually and the current housing model is very isolating we all thought we wanted this american dream but really we put the cars and the garage doors facing the street and we hide inside and, and like there might be 75 stay at home moms with babies in a single neighborhood, but they never have an opportunity to meet each other. So like through good design, I think we can create like spontaneous social interactions and we can create more like if we're thinking about communities that are less homogenous then we can we can create social support networks that are ultimately very good for our emotional well-being 
So, um, and again, I don't, I can't ever separate the idea of like the community, the end user, the community that we're serving is somehow affected by the community of designers that are working on a project at the front end and our relationship to each other and our relationship to the project is disjointed right now in the current model. And so it's no surprise to me that the end result is an isolating disjointed housing model. And it's, and right now there's housing people, you'll hear say housing crisis. And so like everybody needs a house. So they're just creating more, 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 more and quality and uh, operational cost and things like that are not coming into it. And they don't, and I think people just maybe, it's the pro forma. I'm pretty sure it's the bank and the money cannot align with that deeper emotional need for the housing, the quality that needs to come out of it. So mm, that makes total sense. Yes, total sense. And it just just hearing you talk as and, and to be honest, I don't think I've talked to an architect yet, but it sounds <laughs> like you're like doing light work or coming in to do healing work through the architectural world and listening again, listening to your spirit and speaking from that place. And you even mentioned, you know, on, on your form to come to the show that, you know, why shouldn't I bring my spiritual being to this work and my wisdom and my compassion and my love um, and, and kind of let that be the power that speaks. So I know uh, in any industry or any place we're trying to do that work, it can feel like, a lot is we're up against a lot. So do you feel that when you're when you're allowing your spirit to lead these conversations? Do you feel like you get resistance? And if you do, how do you deal with that to keep going every day? Uh, let's see, I, I feel like maybe the question is like came out backwards. Yeah, maybe. Or, or maybe my answer is backwards. <laughs> That's okay. But, you know, I think I spent, so the, we're just trained in this way that like, there's not enough time that you never have enough time mm -hmm. and that you need to work more hours and you need to work longer and you have to stay up all night. And why didn't you get this thing done? And, and there's a deadline. And so I just for years and years spent this, this like sense of urgency, daily sense of urgency that created like you know, Anxiety. I, yeah, <laughs> unrest, like, and, and, and this developed this, like, I'm never good enough. Mm -hmm. And if I don't feel that way, I'm not doing my job right. You know, so, so this was a just like the older I got, the more, and the older I got, the more I realized, like, I wasn't actually getting better at my job. I was just getting, like, I was less resilient to, to stress, if you will. So, I just kind of, and, it's, and then COVID really was like the big mirror to us all. And I, and I just, I had my two kids and my nephew at home in my living room. And I was continuing to try to do my job to some level that I just couldn't. And it was like, I, ca I cannot produce the things that I, you know, so I, I really had to look at that and, and start to question my, trust I suppose in myself and and the world and and I think everybody during that time got a little bit more open with like yep I'm a basket case or yes I'm stressed out or yes I'm too tired or there's my children running like emotionally we all kind of broke open a little bit yes <laughs> and and so my um big takeaway from that time like this is over the last 
you're to this word, this thing you said, attuned to delight. I actually like having my children in the house with me every day and like trying to navigate this professional and motherhood, which always was a thing prior to COVID too, but now it was like smashed into the same place, you know, the same, same venue. And so um, I started really looking at my daily tasks, every task and, and trying to rate them on a scale of joy. <laughs> Love it. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, you're sitting in your living room in your yoga pants day in and day out. And it's like, what else can you do? You know, especially thank God for my children at that time, because I think had I been alone or single, I mean, I really feel for the people that, that were in that isolating situation and in, in their living rooms alone, because I, I got a little focused on, you know, my kids, how am I going to continue to bring joy and happiness to their life without fear, you know, like I didn't want to have this giant fear bubble right in the middle of their development. So that's kind of where, so again, joy became this absolute guide for me. And I, and I started eliminating things that did not bring me joy. And that took a long time, actually. I mean, here we are years later, and I'm still moving in that direction where I just have to be much more careful about the things I say yes to and no to, because I don't want to find myself in this, again, situation where there's sense of urgency around everything. And even, um, you know, the notion of um, uh, like mindset kept getting me like the weekly grind, like Monday through Friday, nine to five, we do this thing. And then the weekend comes and it's like, ah, freedom. And then, and then we do this thing and then we go on vacation. And when we're on vacation, all of our good habits, we don't go to the gym. We don't eat right. We, all the cookies, we do all the, you know, and then by the time the vacation is over, you can kind of actually feel like shit. And then you have, you know, so it's kind of like that excuse my pardon my language no, but that's, you know, fine. <laughs> that, that's like that's kind of I got a little hyper about why are we like that like I do not want to be tethered to this nine to five that like my create like somehow my creativity didn't feel like it could be confined like that mm-hmm. so I started painting an awful lot more because that brings me joy I started making art I started doing th- you know riding my bike with my kids and walking and 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 assigning value to those that like in my past those were left those were things you got to do if there was leftover time which I had none of so mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, you know, the, the, the insight, the like creative bursts of inspiration, those come suddenly and never while I'm trying to force them and out of myself. So yeah, you have to have that, that white space or that like just creative space just to let things come to you. So how has your spirituality and your spiritual beliefs played into that guidance to look for the joy in your life? Um, you mentioned, you know, as a young person, curiosity about God and religion and curiosity about spirituality. And it sounds to me like you have some very innate intuitive spirituality that's guided you the whole time. But how, how would you describe those two things kind of coming together in your life as you discovered this attuning to joy? Uh, so it's funny, but like, you know, allowing myself time to paint and time to make things 
and like doing that when I wake up in the morning or like reading, you know, just taking time to read my garden, like things became valuable to me in a way that I'd never left myself a lot of time for in the past. And I started to realize that my work became better the less time I spent on it. Isn't that fun? Like, yeah, like, and not, not really the less, and it's kind of, it doesn't sound right in words, you know, the, the, the less time I spent on it because being, allowing myself the creative, creative time and and walking, like I I get up in the morning at 6am and go for a walk with my husband every day now. And it's like changed my entire life. Mm -hmm. It's so funny, but it's like, just, just changing the thing that I did in the morning, like everything changed and and I and some that sense of urgency started to dissipate and also like I think that as a woman in a little bit of a male dominated world and it's becoming less male dominated you know I don't want to this is I never want to like make it sound like bashing men for any reason men are very important to you know everything and so like I just I think we get into these archetype situations where you start behaving like a little sister or a, or a daughter or a, like we we find ourselves in these i don't know emotionally constructed relationships with with authority figures and most of the time in my work it was men and i um and i would have a gut instinct or an emotion or, you know, and I always just was told like, you have to put, don't be so intense, put those away, put those away. And so there was no room for any of that in my work life. And again, through this whole transformation, I'm just going to give COVID the credit for all of this because (laughs) like when they're putting fear in your, like fear in your face like that, it was just like, I have a choice here, you know? And the reality is I'm going to, become pretty shameless. I don't feel like doing that is a thing that I can say and it's got value and it's meaningful and I'm not in the mood or like I can't do I can't produce that thing. I'm too tired. Like these it just started to I I had to start feeling okay with saying those things. And then now today I realize when I find myself in a frustrating meeting or I find myself in a conversation with someone that I'm not entirely like happy with the, like it's a stressful feeling conversation. I mean, I can more easily recognize those situations and feel comfortable that in my daily life, my gut instinct is a valid way to make decisions. And sometimes I need to say things like, I don't know the answer to that right now. I'll get back to you. And sometimes I say, you know what, I'll do this thing, but it's going to take me forever. So you just have to wait. (laughs) That's right. The truth to set you free. (laughs) The truth, absolute truth. Or like, I can't do that. Here's a phone number of somebody who might be able to help you. I'm sorry. Like this sheer honesty of like, and letting your gut instinct sort of guide you. And sometimes I just need 36, like I have kind of a 36 hour rule, like big choices, big decisions. Like I need, I need to think about, I need to let this resonate with me for a few days because I don't know the answer and just being okay with saying that like nobody. And actually it was all self-imposed. All of this was not, nobody was actually pressuring me. It was me operating inside of a system of things I had been taught. And I, and, and so, you know, again, letting go of that and realizing that my emotions do have importance and value and, um, 
and I can use them and I should be using them and not using them for all these years was like a denial of self. Absolutely. Oh, you said that very eloquently. And that's, that's something a lot of us do out in the world until we realize we just don't want to live that way anymore. It's not, you know, it's making what we love not as lovable. So it's important to integrate that aspect of self, which is the spiritual nature, the intuitive nature. And even, you know, some people might refer to it as woo woo, a little, little goofy, a little weird, but it's, it's really something that can truly ground us in our truth and help us speak that truth more fully. So you mentioned um, that sometimes even with all this awareness that you've gained um, through the teacher that was COVID <laughs> and all the work that you've done over the years, that sometimes there's a consistency challenge. So um, I want I want to hear a little bit more about that. You mentioned, you know, feeling attuned to your guidance and gifts, and then sometimes it goes away and comes back. Um, and then kind of being curious about what else is going on. If this truth is here with us during the day where, you know, maybe it's going off and doing st stuff in other, you know, other places at night. Um, what, how does that show up for you lately? And how might I be able to help you today with that? <laughs> Very good question. Um, so I think my mom used to tell me, I remember specifically once in college, she's like, gosh, it's like your life just takes care of itself when you're least paying attention, you know? And um, I am very hyper aware that, you know, when I set my sort of creative mind toward a new goal or a new direction, the people that like, there's an awareness that like, you don't have all the tools, you know, and I'm kind of a gatherer of experience and tools and things like that. And so I always feel like, oh, I have to get this and this and this ready first. And I, and that's even, even in itself frustrating, but, but the people, the things that you need when the vision is, is right, they just come, they show up. And, um, since, uh, COVID, I I actually have made a really big career change, and it was very hard because I had to grapple with my identity as an architect, and identity as a mom, and identity as all these all you know multifacets. But architect was something. I mean, I went to school for nine years. I've had this company that I own for fourteen years, and and I felt like I was letting go of those things, and so it was really hard. And I said I wanted to quit my architecture company and start this new company. Um, but it took me almost two years to do it because I just, again, there's like, there's emotion tied up in it. There's the language that you use when you're trying to manifest and it just like, you know, so it took time to get there, but I am there. I have actually the company right now. I have two amazing women partners for the new company that I've created that we're currently creating. Um, now I am in a moment of absolute financial transition, which is like scary and frustrating. Even my husband's life has changed like 180 degrees in the last two years. And, and so everything today is completely different than it was three years ago or five years ago, which is wonderful. Um, but I know I am connected. I know that I have this intuition and guides. And I, I've always had this like sentiment that when I go to sleep, they go to their job or something like there's something that they're doing while I'm not paying attention. But sometimes I just get this feeling like, why are you making me wait? So <laughs> like liminal space. And I have felt like I'm in a jello mold 
if you will, for for several months. It's funny though, because I know in my gut that I am doing the right thing, that I'm going in the right direction, that all the things are aligning just the way they're supposed to. I am exactly like, I know it. I'm, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. Yet there's this part of me that's like, can we hurry up already? Or like, can you where's send proof? Yeah. Where's, <laughs> well, also it's like, I need, I need the thing. I need, I need to keep my family afloat. I need to like, you know, keep myself. I can't. I can't just think here, you know, so, so there is all, and this is me just speaking about the current situation, but I, I know always that there's this like ebb and flow. Um, and so, yes, again, sometimes I need a reminder of like, you guys are there, right? Like, I've forgotten about me. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, as with all my guests, I pulled a few cards for you. Would you like me to share those now? I would love that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I definitely see that you are so... There's, there's a conflict going on between what you know to be true inside and what you're speaking. So um, being very careful about what you're speaking about or towards with this process is going to be very important. That just consistently stating to that part of you that's doubtful that we're on track. I can feel it. We're on track. And just consistently, consistently going back to that because sometimes... Uh, when you kind of doubt that even with like words like, you know, where's the, where's my stuff? I know we joke about that, but it, it kind of sets you back in terms of vibration and it may make the process more painful because it's there's a divine timing thing going on and it's going to happen. You're on your way to it. It's just a matter of that. And there's also a message here about speaking up and speaking more fully and completely about the project or about the new company. So there may need to, you may need to shout out, you know, for more uh, either support, promotion, partnerships. Um, there's time to get active on the spiritual manifestation path. And I feel like that's part of it for you as well, um, like more active. Um, so does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. So um, you're coming out of a time of setting your intentions, allowing the wild woman within to create this intention. And you're like, all right, we're going for it. <laughs> and what you're going into is trusting your inner child. Um, I do feel like that is where you get a lot of your, um, your intuition and your, your kind of I, I want to say magical ability, but it's more this manifestation ability. You came into the world with it. And so while you may have had to put it away as you grew up and as you aged into your career, now you see through those illusions and you're allowing that part of you to be present. And with the, the conversation we've just had about uh, not letting our heads run the show and like, you know, kind of balls to the wall, just getting everything done despite our feelings, that's the part that's now leading and the part that you can bring in and it's authenticity for you. So, so the more you lead with that authenticity when you're connecting with people, the better. You don't need to be anybody else but yourself. And the current um, environment that's supporting you is knowing that you have everything that you need to succeed. You just need a little balance with it. And again, I get another magic child card, which talks about um, using what you've learned about manifestation, law of attraction, all that stuff, and balancing it with activity, balancing it with the skills that you knew before. So now it's time to marry the two and balance them out. Does that make sense as well? Yeah. Um, can you maybe just repeat that last part a little bit? Balance, balance with activity. Yep. 
to to marry the um the part that's learned about manifestation and law of attraction and doing that more kind of ritualistic work it is kind of spell work we don't talk about it like that but it's the essence of spell work and then also um action so using looking in your toolbox of the things that you already know about your industry and that you already do and using some of those alongside um, what you're doing now. And I would liken that to someone who has had a career in business or sales and then goes off to be a, a, a coach or something and then they need to marry those two things or the organizational skills of being in corporate with running your own business. So go back and see like, what, a, what am I not using that I already know? Um, and the obstacle here is, is patience. Um, and being open to receive. So part of you um, feels a little powerless. Uh, it may be the more masculine part that feels like, well, I'm doing stuff, but it's not happening. So you feel powerless, but really it's in in the spiritual work that you could be doing alongside the, the action steps is just staying open to receive, staying in your Zen, staying in your own zone. That's my favorite word to, for the, the, like the joy space, attuning to your joy. Um, so that you're letting things kind of coagulate and work in your on your behalf when you are not working on it. Um, that part is it's usually the hardest part for any hardworking person is to let go and just allow and stay in your happy place. Um, and so uh, spiritual self care would be really good with that and energy clearings, um, taking baths like clearing baths and and also doing all the other things that you love to do. Um, so going forward here, the hopes and fears are letting go of your 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 old sense of of identity and knowing that as you come out in the world as a very different and unique type of um, artist, builder, architect, the different things that you're doing, people may not understand right away, but you you're introducing them to the to the world. So it's it's like, again, I want to liken it just to someone who goes into like starts their own business of any kind, like I'm going to start consulting on this thing that I see is needed in the world. And nobody else is doing it. So who am I, you're basically creating a field. And so you have to like kind of gather this huge amount of self belief, and also faith in a higher power to, to help guide you to doing that. And what you're doing as a personal work along with this is acknowledging what you want, and it is breaking some generational patterns. So you're up against some generational beliefs that aren't very helpful. And the more that you can kind of work with your spiritual self and see that it's okay to go against that because you're actually healing those, the negative tendencies of that generational pattern. Um, you mentioned you come from a, from a family of builders. Um, that might be part of it because you're coming in and saying, I want to do this different. <laughs> you know, I want to change, I want to change the, the field here. Um, and so just have faith that that's your mission and purpose. And that's why it's never left you. It's, it's not just because this is what you've always done. It's because this is where you're meant to make a difference. And at the end here, I see just getting comfortable with uncertainty, doing a lot of mindfulness to help your anxiety when you're worried about like, where's the money going to come from? And just knowing that if you live within your means and you, you focus on what you truly need in the moment, there's enough for everything because you are working with the flow and it takes some time to get that flow going um, on the manifestation path. But if you're patient, you'll see, all right, we had this little like dip, but then the abundance came in and it was so worth it. So we're always taken care of. I think a good mantra for you is I'm always taken care of. 
um, you know, the good old Louise Hay uh, affirmation, life loves me um, and I'm being taken care of. So I, I feel that things are on track. It's just for you, a time of faith and a time of continuing the work, but not too much. Continue the work. Don't force it. Be in, be in your um, allow, space of allowing and a high vibration while you're doing that. How does that sound? <laughs> it sounds really, um, <laughs> sometimes I laugh because um, like oftentimes the, the sort of messaging that I get like, you know, through you or sometimes I use the I Ching and like, mm -hmm. it's like reiterations of similar like that's right that's because that's that's what the universe is saying so we're just channels you know whether it be yeah. a reading that you do yourself or or those that are doing readings if they, if we're in integrity we're just we're just pulling it through and giving it to you so that's yeah. that's a beautiful way to to have that validated and i'm you know I'm one thing part of that <laughs> one thing you said um was spiritual self-care mm -hmm. and I wondered if you would just elaborate a little bit on what that means exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like for you, like I mentioned, um, cleansing baths or energy work, um, energy clearing, that's something that I, I share about in the work that I do. It's not protecting yourself from negative energies. It's knowing that everything is always circulating and connecting. And if you are conscious with your own spiritual hygiene, so to speak, you're keeping yourself clear of that. So, but it takes a, a daily practice or definitely when you get a buildup, making sure that you have tools to do that. So there's many, many ways to do it. It's just about finding the way that works for you. Um, and also taking time to meditate, taking time alone. It's great to, to be with the family and everything, but if you can have a half an hour to an hour a day, that's just you and your your faith and your spiritual awareness and doing some kind of work with that that would be very very helpful as well because when we give a little bit of time to that work and those kind of self spiritual self inquiries or spiritual self care practices we feel present to our spirit more it's like you know self love it's but it's spiritual self care okay awesome yeah that makes sense. i think my morning walks have um put a hitch in my, my, I had a very regular meditation practice for like about the last four years, but it was always first thing when I woke up and I've been enjoying my walks so much that I haven't quite found where they balance. Yeah. Finding, yeah, where to put those back in, that would be good. And it's, you know, for me, I used to do it. Um, this is good to talk about for listeners. Like if you, if you're not a morning person or you've got something going on in the morning, you got to get going maybe in between work and, and nighttime, you know, it's like get home from work or if you work from home, like stop your, you know, turn off your computer, stop working and then do your meditation work and then go into your evening. So transition, some people do it right before bed, which is fine, but sometimes you're a little too sleepy. Uh, it depends, but um, finding that space um, for yourself, even lunchtime, that could, that could be yeah. it too. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm so glad that was helpful for you. And it's been wonderful talking to you today, Valerie. Yeah. Thank you. It was great. Oh, wonderful. Well, where can people find out more about your work if they're interested? Um, well, let's see. At the moment, I think I kind of said I don't my I have a website. Um, 
it's not a very good website to learn more about me, but um, at the moment it's realestaz20realestaz.com. Uh, I'm a, I, that's my real estate website. Um, you can connect with me through there. I'm also Valerie Lane at vlane27 on Instagram or at Fixity Architect, which is F I X C I T Y Architect. Um, and I'm currently having a website made for the new. Um, for the new company, which will be urbaninfill.com. Uh, yeah. Love yeah. It. Very cool. We'll check her out for sure. And thank you again for sharing your light today, Valerie. I think it's important to talk to women in all different fields that are bringing their spirit to, to the space. So I appreciate you. All right. Thank you so much. Have a nice day. All right. You too. You guys, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Hey there. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to hear more from our wise and wonderful guests, make sure you subscribe for daily interview content. And here's three ways I can help empower your wisdom for free. Number one, grab your copy of my Empower Your Life workbook. It will help you honor your inner voice, make way for new visions, and live with intention. Go to empoweredwisdomshow.com forward slash workbook to get your copy today. Two, if you're a woman with a well-established business or career and your intuition is nudging you to go in a more spiritual direction, we want to interview you on this show. Head to empoweredwisdomshow.com. Three, listen and subscribe to our sister podcast, The Empowered Wisdom Hour, for free teachings, guided meditation, and channeled wisdom to help you thrive. You can listen on Apple, Spotify, and most major podcast platforms. At Empowered Wisdom Coaching, we help intuitive, spiritual, and high-achieving women who feel disempowered by self-doubt and relationship patterns realize their power and go for what they want without holding back. If you're ready to release doubt, fear, and disempowering relationships so you can follow your calling and your bliss the intuitive way, book a call to see how I can help. Go to mollymccartney.com forward slash chat.